0: It's the birthday of illusionist, stuntman, escape artist, and one of the most fascinating figures in American history, Harry Houdini, born on this day in 1874, Budapest, Hungary. Noted for his sensational escape acts, Houdini first attracted notice in vaudeville in the U.S., and then as Harry Handcuff Houdini on a tour of Europe, where he challenged police forces to keep him locked up. Soon, he extended his repertoire to include chains, ropes slung from skyscrapers, straitjackets underwater, and, having to escape from and hold his breath inside, a sealed milk can with water in it. In 1904, thousands of people watched as he tried to escape from special handcuffs commissioned by London's Daily Mirror, keeping them in suspense for over an hour. One of his most dangerous stunts saw him buried alive, only to claw himself out as the audience watched in horror. Houdini performed at least three variations on a buried alive stunt during his career. The first was near Santa Ana, California in 1915, and it almost cost him his life. Houdini was buried without a casket in a pit of earth six feet deep, and he became exhausted and panicked while trying to dig his way to the surface and called for help. When his hand finally broke the surface, he fell unconscious and had to be pulled from the grave by his assistants. Houdini wrote in his diary that the escape was very dangerous and that the weight of the earth is killing. While many suspected that these escapes were faked, Houdini presented himself as the scourge of fakes, frauds, and phonies. As president of the Society of American Magicians, Houdini was keen to uphold professional standards and to expose fraudulent artists. He was also quick to sue anyone who imitated his escape stunts. In the 1920s, Houdini turned his energies toward debunking psychics and mediums, a pursuit that inspired and was followed by latter-day stage magicians. Houdini's training in magic allowed him to expose frauds who had successfully fooled many scientists and academics and offered a cash prize to any medium who could successfully demonstrate supernatural abilities. Of course, none was able to do so, and the prize was never collected. The first to be tested was medium George Valentine of Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania. As his fame as a Ghostbuster grew, Houdini took to attending seances in disguise, accompanied by a reporter and a police officer. Possibly the most famous medium whom he debunked was Mina Crandon, also known as Marjorie. She, in her own right, was also a fascinating character. You should look her up when you have a chance. Joaquin Argamasilla, known as the Spaniard with X-ray eyes, claimed to be able to read handwriting or numbers on dice through closed metal boxes. In 1924, he was exposed by Houdini as a fraud. Argamasilla peeked through his simple blindfold and lifted up the edge of the box so he could look inside it without others noticing. Houdini's exposing of phony mediums has inspired other magicians to follow suit, including the late, great, amazing Randy, Dorothy Dietrich, and... Penn & Teller. Houdini chronicled his debunking exploits in his book A Magician Among the Spirits, which he co-authored with C.M. Eddy Jr., who was not credited. These activities cost Houdini the friendship of many people, including Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Doyle, a firm believer in spiritualism during his later years, refused to believe any of Houdini's exposés. Doyle came to believe that Houdini was a powerful spiritualist medium himself, and had performed many of his stunts by means of paranormal abilities. This disagreement led to the two men becoming public antagonists, and, sadly, Sir Arthur came to view Houdini as a dangerous enemy. Before Houdini died, he and his wife agreed that if Houdini found it possible to communicate after death, he would communicate the message, "'Rosabelle, believe!' a secret code which they agreed to use. Rosabelle was their favorite song. His wife, Bess, held yearly seances on Halloween for ten years after Houdini's death. She did claim to have contact through Arthur Ford in 1929 when Ford conveyed the secret code. But Bess later said the incident itself had been faked. The code seems to have been such that it could be broken by Ford or his associates using existing clues. Evidence to this effect was discovered by Ford's biographer after he died in 1971. In 1936, after a last unsuccessful seance on the roof of the Knickerbocker Hotel, Bess put out the candle that she had kept burning beside a photograph of Houdini since his death. In 1943, Bess said that, Ten years is long enough to wait for any man. Harry Houdini's 37-year-long career came to a dramatic end on the evening of October 29th of 1926. Two days prior, while in his dressing room at the Princess Theatre in Montreal, Houdini was preparing to go on stage when, according to eyewitness accounts, Jocelyn Gordon Whitehead, a student at McGill University, delivered a surprise attack of multiple blows to Houdini's abdomen. Houdini regularly had fans in his dressing room. A witness by the name of Jack Price recalled Whitehead asking Houdini if he believed in the miracles of the Bible and whether it was true that punches in the stomach did not hurt him. He then delivered some very hammer-like blows below the belt. Houdini, who was reclining on the couch at the time, having broken his ankle while performing several days earlier, winced at each blow and stopped Whitehead suddenly in the midst of a punch, gesturing that he had enough, and adding that he had no opportunity to prepare himself against the blows, as he did not expect Whitehead to strike him so suddenly and with such force. Throughout the evening, Houdini performed in great pain. He was unable to sleep, and remained in constant pain for the next two days, but did not seek medical help. When he finally saw a doctor, he was found to have a fever of 102 degrees Fahrenheit and acute appendicitis, and he was advised to have immediate surgery. He ignored the advice and decided to go on with the show. When Houdini arrived at the Garrick Theater in Detroit, Michigan on October 24th of 1926, it would be his last performance. He had a fever of 104 degrees Fahrenheit, but despite the diagnosis, Houdini took the stage anyway. He was reported to have passed out during the show, but was revived and continued. That night, Houdini was hospitalized at Detroit's Grace Hospital, where he would remain. In a stroke of ironic tragedy, the man who had defied death a thousand times, the great Harry Houdini, died two days later from peritonitis and acute appendicitis. Aggravated by a stunt, he'd performed casually at the behest of countless fans for his entire adult life. Harry Houdini was 52 years old at the time of his passing. Thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time.